Good morning. My name is Rob Daniels, and welcome to Visions and Sound. Now, for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 41 of 2023 and show number 1199, if you're keeping track that way. This week, we continue into Halloween Horror Month with an interesting celebration this week, a celebration of the 40th anniversary of the film Something Wicked This Way Comes. Now, would it surprise you to know that it is, in fact, a Disney film? Well, it certainly surprised me. In the late 70s and 80s, Disney went through a dark phase, actually starting with 1979's The Black Hole. Now, while on the surface it was a family film, The Black Hole dealt with very adult themes and in the end shows the protagonist in a literal hell. They would follow this up with Watcher in the Woods, Dragon Slayer, and The Black Cauldron, following up in 85, a couple of years later. So 1983 saw... The Ray Bradbury penned Something Wicked This Way Comes, a dark tale dealing with lust, death, the devil, and murder. The title is taken from a quote from Shakespeare, By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. A line said by the witches in the Scottish play. Now, Something Wicked This Way Comes is a dark fantasy novel written by Ray Bradbury in 1962 about two 13-year-old boys, Jim Nightshade and William Holloway, who are best friends, and their nightmarish experience with a traveling carnival that comes to their Midwestern home. In dealing with the creepy figures of this carnival, the boys learn how to combat fear. The carnival's leader, the mysterious Mr. Dark, who seemingly wields the power to grant the town people's secret desires. In reality, Dark is a malevolent being who, like the carnival, lives off the life force of those he enslaves. Mr. Dark's presence is countered by that of Will's father, Charles Holloway, the janitor of the, ta- of the town library who harbors his own secret fear of growing older because he feels he's too old to be Will's dad. Now, the novel combines elements of fantasy, horror, and examines the conflicting natures of good and evil that exist. Now, Bradbury had wrote, originally rather, wrote the screenplay back in the late 50s. Actor Gene Kelly originally wanted to direct the film, but no studio showed interest back then. As well as actor actor Kirk Douglas, who wanted to produce and star in a film based on the 1962 novelization. This also never happened. There was room, also rumors that Steven Spielberg wanted to take on the film, but unfortunately that never transpired. It would not be until 1981 that Disney would obtain the rights for the film. While Bradbury's novel was originally set in the 1960s, the film's setting was changed to the 30s, which was actually closer to the days that Bradbury would have been the age that the boys are in the film. The film had its share of production difficulties that included a completely revamped score written by the late James Horner. Composer Georges Delarue was picked by director Jack Clayton. Delarue had scored film his films rather The Pumpkin Eater and Our Mother's House. However, Delarue's score was considered too dark by Disney and was removed and replaced on short notice with one by James Horner. More on that later. 
The production troubles continued when director Clayton fell out with Bradbury over an uncredited script rewrite. Also, after test screenings of the director's cut failed to meet the studio's expectations, Disney sidelined Clayton, fired the original editor, editor, and scrapped the original score, spending some $5 million more and many, many more months of reshooting, re-editing, and rescoring the film before its eventual release. Whew. To be honest, I had heard of the film but was never really interested. 1983's Return of the Jedi would see to that. However, later the film showed up on the early days of pay TV in Canada. The line in the trailer, tell me where the boys are and I can make you young again. It stuck with me as well as the distinct voice of Jonathan Price as Mr. Dark. Price was a relative unknown at the time and got the role of Mr. Dark over the likes of Christopher Lee and Peter O'Toole who were approached for the role. Other, ca- other cast included Jason Robarts, Diane Ladd, and, surprisingly, Pram- Pam Greer. As mentioned before, the score was written by James Horner, who replaced Georges de la Rue. Both scores were released, but interestingly enough, not by Disney. A soundtrack album of de la Rue's unused score was released by Entrada Records in 2015, who had also released the Horner score as a uh, Horner score in 1998. Now, I'm going to do something a little different this week. I'm going to start this week's show with a look at Delarue's rejected score first, and then we'll have a look at the Horner score done later. So here is a look at the rejected score of George Delarue's Something Wicked This Way Comes.
And with a little bit of music from the rejected score in this case, from something this way, something wicked this way comes. That's music by Georges de la Rue. Now we will get to the actual score in the next in the next hour. So we'll, I'll just let you know on that one. If you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on the, my website, visionsinsound.ca, where the show will show up in approximately a couple of hours' time. And then you can, there's also a slew of other shows that are there. Check them out. And uh, yeah, it's Halloween Horror Month all this month. So check out some a possible interesting, an interesting um, web exclusive show coming. Hopefully I'll be able to, to be able to pull it together before it gets too late into the season. But yeah. We're gonna, I'm hopefully going to get a chance to do that. Um, I'm trying to find some interesting Halloween scores for video games. And I've been able to find a few. So I'm hopefully going to surprise you with that. In any case, I'm going to get back to a little bit of more of Georges de la Rue's score, to, or rejected score in this case. And I don't understand why. I have been, been been chatting off air with my with uh, my friend Robbie Sims here, and, and we've asked, been shaking our heads, asking the question: How is this? How is this score rejected for for a film that features a character named Mister Dark to have Disney come back and say, "Yeah, the score is too dark." Oh, I have to shake my head and go, "What were they thinking?" In any case, I'm going to continue on with some more music from the rejected score of Something Wicked This Way Comes, and I will be back in just a little bit.
And with a little bit of music from the rejected score, in this case, of uh, music from Something Wicked This Way Comes. That's music by George Delarue. Well, if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound, and you can also try me on my website at visionsandsound.ca. I'm also on GoodPods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices, and you can also try me on other podcatchers, including the wonderful Apple Music. So welcome back to Visions and Sound, as this week we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of Something Wicked This Way Comes. So now, Ray Bradbury wrote Something Wicked This Way Comes as a screenplay, as I mentioned before, in 1952, after watching Gene Kelly in Singing in the Rain in, in, in 1952, which Bradbury thought was the greatest musical ever made. I have a tendency to agree with him on that. Bradbury showed Kelly the screenplay, and Kelly was so impressed that he wanted to make it his next picture. When Kelly shopped the story around to potential backers, however, he was unable to raise the money for the project. It was only after this failure that Bradbury rewrote the story as a novel, which he published in 1962. Bradbury dedicated the novel to Gene Kelly. Also interesting to note that Stephen King wrote a rejected adaptation of Something Wicked This Way Comes. And as mentioned, the film did have production problems. Um, a special effects sequence that took place at the beginning of the film was cut shortly before it hit movie theaters. In this sequence, the carnival materializes from the smoke of the train. Smoke from the engine becomes the ropes of the and canvas tents, tree limbs grow together to form the Ferris wheel, and a spider's web mutates into a wheel of fortune. This sequence was the first time that computer animation was used to animate organic material, and it was combined with traditional animation. This, the scene was deemed not convincing enough by Disney executives and was cut from the final film. Now, that would be completely different today. When you have to think of this was just a year after Tron, and they wanted to do something organic in 83. Interesting. The deleted scene was described in the issue of Twilight Zone magazine released that same month as the film, which assumed the scene was going to be in the final print. So now, as mentioned, like I said, the film did have production problems and composer James Horner, who had just come off of Star Trek II: the wrath of Khan was brought into in the last minute to replace Delarue's score. Now, Disney wanted a more family-friendly film, and oddly enough, the end result was more akin to Temple of Doom, also out of the, in 1983 and its depictions. There are what could be considered more adult themes, mild gore, in a scene where a character sees his decapitated head in a basket. Whew. James Horner's score was of the film was released in 1998. So, um, without further ado, here is some music from the 1998 version of the score, and I will be back in just a little bit.
And with a little bit of music from the 1983 film, Something Wicked This Way Comes. That's music by James Horner. We will get back to that because we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of said film. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, as as and I'm gonna, If you're interested, by the way, in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also find me on my website, visionsinsound.ca, where this show will show up in approximately a couple of hours' time. We'll see how it all works out in the end and all of that. So... Yeah, what I was going to say before was the idea that, you know, we're we're into October. So I have to start thinking about the end of the year, believe it or not. Yeah, it just seems like yesterday I was thinking about the end of the year for 2022. This year has been a very interesting year when it comes to film scores. I'm going to leave it at that and not make a huge list of them. It's been fun doing the shows and all of that. Um, And so, yeah, it's interesting to note that 2023 is going to be a very 
unusual year when it comes to how releases are going to happen and where they're going to head to in the future. Now, to be honest, I was a little bit miffed at the idea of the strike. And the writer's strike is, there's a tentative deal. The actors are still out. And so it's going to be interesting to see what transpires there. Um, we've already, in the area here, we've already had a movie theater close. And I'm I'm pretty sure that that was not just because of the strike. There was actually probably some other extenuating circumstances. Also from COVID, probably didn't help matters in any case. So yeah, you have to think about these kind of things when it comes to the future of cinema. And the idea of sitting in a dark theater with strangers watching a film, laughing, crying, enjoying the film. Are those days going to, ha- are those days going, are they, are they going away? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves at this point, because I honestly do believe that it is important to still have movie theaters and to see a movie on a big screen, as big a screen. And, and I know there are big screens and big screen TVs now in, in your house. You can see it there. But there's something about sitting in that dark theater and watching a film with some, with a bucket of popcorn and a, and a large drink and just, just immersing yourself. I have to uh, mention, in this case, the, the time that uh, Eric Woods and I went to go see Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He had never seen it in the theater. So this was kind of a cool a cool thing for, for him. I had seen it a couple of times in the theater, but when I saw it this time, it was it was a different... Or when I saw it the, that one time, it was a different experience. It was one of those experiences that you, you, you sit back and you go, who shot this? Why does it look so good in this in this instance? The score they we were sitting there where they don't mix scores like this anymore, and it's hard to put my finger on. I mean, even even the stuff like what we're listening to tonight, which is the the, the something wicked this way comes. Forty years has gone by, and I watched this film the other night on YouTube of all places because you can't find it on Disney Plus. It's a it's that that's a huge huge shame. There are a couple of what are known as kind of the dark Disney years where there's a couple of those films that have just vanished off the, off Disney's uh, Disney's library. And I have no idea why, because it's interesting to, to note that these films are just that, that good, that kind of approach to the, the idea that, uh, yeah. I, uh, when watching watching something wicked this way comes off of the off of YouTube, the quality wasn't the best, but at least I got the 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 gist of the film. And for me, it was one of those experiences that how can I put this? Uh, it's a f- something wicked this way comes is the kind of film that y- I didn't expect to like as much as I did. I do remember like as a as a kid seeing the commercials, seeing the stuff out there, I, but Disney, I don't think was really behind it, nor did they know what to do with it. In any case, that is kind of my take on this whole notion of, of films. But yeah, are we ever going to see the days of, 
of the the of the the theater where where you you just I don't know I'm 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 lamenting the end of the the end of the theater but I don't know it's 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 been it, it it's if you look off in the distance you can kind of see it coming but I mean even even the, uh, Spielberg and, and Lucas both said that uh, it was like the the death of cinema is or the death of the cinema not actually making movies movies will always be made I think and whether they end up on on video or whether they end up on you know whatever 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 medium ends up being coming up in 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 the future to watch films films will always be made the question is will there be movie houses and 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 theaters that people can go to and and enjoy i i hate to, to i hate to to be glum and lament this but you know this is the kind of thing that happens so I'm going to continue on with a little bit more of the music from Something Wicked This Way comes by um, James Horner in this case. But before I do, if you are interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsinsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. You can also try GoodPods, the downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And you can also find me on several other podcatchers, including Apple Music. So check me out there if you want to listen to the show. So yeah, I'm going to continue on with some more music from Something Wicked This Way Comes. And I will be back to kind of sort of wrap up the show in just a little bit.
And a little bit more music from the Something Wicked This Way Comes soundtrack. That's music by James Horner. If you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on Visions and Sound, you can contact me at visionsandsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsandsound. I'm on the Twitter at visionsandsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsandsound.ca, where the show will appear in a couple hours' time. You can also try me on Good Pods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type of devices, and I'm also available on many of the other podcatchers, including Apple Music. Well, I think in the end, Disney did not know what to do with this film. It was hard to market a family-friendly film to an audience due to its dark themes, adult content, and slow burn story. The film did poorly at the box office, making back only a fraction of its $20 million budget. Upon reflection, this is a hidden gem. Uh, while not a perfect film, it was entertaining enough, and Jonathan Price's depiction of Mr. Dark is a highlight of the film. The themes of lost dreams and regret are especially effective as we age. Unfortunately, the film is not currently on Blu-ray and is nowhere to be found on Disney+. Plus. A shame, as the film de- deserves a watch. I do want to add a huge thank you to the YouTube channel Joe Blow Originals for some help with the research on this show. So that's all for me this week. Thanks for hanging in, those that did, as we continue into 2023. I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there that care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me sometimes to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without the support of a team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868, 1-844-HERE-247 and here247.ca. They all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Well, join me next week as we continue into Halloween Horror Month with a look at the 50th anniversary of the film The Exorcist. I'll end off this week's show with some more music from James Horner's score to Something Wicked This Way Comes, and I will be back next week with more Visions in Sound.